0: Whether we're talking about business, wellness, travel, or relationships, I've always thought age is just a number. Welcome to Ageless with me, Cynthia Rowley, and my daughter, Kit Keenan.
1: Hi everyone and welcome back to ageless today we are lucky enough to have christina grosso you may know her as the poof on ageless today so hi christina and thank you so much hi. for being on hi kit and cynthia thank you so much for having me so for those of our listeners who might not know you can you give a quick one minute intro um to what you do other than the poof
2: sure um so, in addition to my personal side hustle, um, my quote unquote real job was as the digital content manager for Flesh Beauty. But due to the current circumstances, I am currently furloughed from that position and just kind of doing my own thing. And in addition to that, I co founded The Chain with my friend Ruthie Friedlander, and that is a nonprofit for women coping with eating disorders so that's kind of my spiel um I also am the adoptive mother of a kitten who is slowly but surely destroying my entire apartment so <laughs>
1: oh my god that's same with with Ziggy um our dog but <laughs> it's honestly it's like having a comfort animal is it really it's is a important. game changer. Yeah,
0: it is. I know. Um, well, tell it. Let's I, I'm interested in talking about the chain because I think that right now, I think everybody is just experiencing in such we're so inundated with food content and cooking and it really is like our lives are uh, revolving around meals which is is great I mean I've enjoyed really experimenting and I think cooking is another extension of the creative process and that's kind of important right now but when you talk about the chain I think um, you it can know, also these be are,
1: so hard for people.
0: Yeah, these are all triggers, and and I I'm wondering how, uh, how what your coping mechanisms are for for this time. Yeah, you know, what we're what we're going through right now.
2: Well, I mean, I think it's obviously different for everyone, but in general, this whole environment is a nightmare for people with eating disorders because it's really just like. Everything that they tell you not to do, it's, like, built in. Like, we're isolating, we're hoarding food, like, we're being inundated with content about cooking and at-home workouts. And, like, you know, there are memes about gaining the quote-unquote quarantine 15. Like, it's just inescapable. And um, I feel like I'm lucky enough to be at a point where I can kind of, like, I know what my triggers are and I know what I have to do to avoid them. That being said, like, is it easy? No, but I'm grateful that I'm not still in a period of, like, active treatment where it's been interrupted by all of this because that has to be a nightmare. Um, And so, so hard.
0: I'm just – I mean, I just think – I mean, Kit and I were talking because everyone has triggers. Right, right. And, you know, I think Ageless is, is the name of the podcast, but I think it's like you do deal with these things differently at different points in your life. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, Kit was saying, well, you, how you face things head on. And, and, yeah. and I think I, I feel like, Christina, you, that's your strategy as well. You're your coping mechanism to Mm -hmm.
1: well I just feel like for me like my mom is really good at just if she finds something to be stressful or um, triggering she'll just put her phone away and like not look Mm -hmm. at social media entirely and I don't think that's very realistic for me so Um, in terms of just avoiding anxiety and comparison and all of that I'm more in the camp of curating your social media world and landscape to be more of a healthy environment for you and I know that's you can't completely filter out everything but I think I'm more in the camp of of trying to figure out what is most beneficial and what is the he- what are the healthiest accounts that I can follow and surround myself with.
2: Yeah, I mean I think that's so smart and I think that's something that people often forget is that social media is an incredible tool to look at things that you want to look at and that you don't have to look at things that, you know, are for whatever reason anxiety provoking. Um, That being said, like, as you said, you can't filter everything out. So it's about figuring out how to healthily deal with those things. Um, And it's
0: not an easy time to be a human. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I always think that it is funny, the power of unfollow, you know, when you're just like, okay, I've had enough Mm -hmm. unfollow
1: (laughs) or mute. Mute Mute is
0: a gift from God. Yeah. Yeah, Literally.
1: Um, So, maybe you can tell us a few of the strategies that you've been employing just to maintain some sort of sanity and and Mm -hmm. mental health right now.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I've been trying to really stick to some semblance of a routine now that, like, my entire routine has been thrown out the window and, you know, we're all home every day and, Um, I still try to set an alarm every day, even if I don't really have anything to get up for necessarily. And I look forward to like my beverages in the morning, like my hot water with lemon, which is super lame, but it's about like (laughs) creating new rituals to look forward to. And that's one of them. Um, I drink no small amount of coffee every day. So like I am... Possibly single handedly keeping Grady's Cold Brew in business. <laughs> and I really look forward to those things. And um, I watched today's show while I have my coffee. And then I try to work out every day um, in some way. Lately, I've been doing a lot of the kit. I don't know if you do the Sculpt Society at all with Megan Roop, but I've been really enjoying. No,
1: but I've been those. wanting to
2: try. I really like it. They're pretty hard, but it's a good challenge. And do you have um, a place
0: where you're working out in your home?
2: Yeah, it's like a one foot by one foot square, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I would like move furniture, so that's really fun. But New York um,
1: City living, yeah, we're all we're, we fantasize as a family of like all the different ways we can get out of here. <laughs> we're like we're moving we're, right. Uh-huh. As we're soon gonna as get as we can. a
0: sprinter fa- sprinter van and just drive to the west, west. Coast. yeah <laughs> I think
2: that sounds I was looking up yurts in Joshua Tree because I was like well if I have to be alone I might as well be in the desert
1: <laughs> yeah I mean I think routine is super important and for me it's like key is having a routine but at the same time I think that I can get into a space where it becomes obsessive especially when we are in quarantine and there, and things are so, you know, uncertain in the world, it's like relying on routine can become sort of an obsession and like a super regimented thing. So I think also I've been trying to find ways to break routine. Like yesterday we just went for a drive around New York and um, did some like did a sort of tour of the city to break things up or, you know, I'll go for a super long walk or stuff like that to kind of change up the monotony. Yeah. It's
0: almost like you need the opposite.
1: Like something to enhance creativity (laughs) and curiosity and all of that.
0: You need the spontaneity. Yes, You know, like that's almost more, I feel like now you know we've gotten into these routines Mm -hmm. and rituals I would call them rituals that I think are are probably healthy and and by ritual I think those are the things that maybe we've learned that are better you know like we've gotten we've we've grown in some way so hopefully those will continue but now I think the question is like how do we stay spontaneous Mm-hmm. really like just like crazy you know you you don't have that anymore you know you don't have like you're sitting in a restaurant and you're like let's go to a club you know yeah you just don't have that opportunity so I I I feel like being able to cultivate honestly that's unexpected been... yeah experiences is something that I'm I want to start working on
1: that is like one of has been one of the hardest parts for me personally just because I feel like it brings me so much joy to be able to I don't know have like some I just feel like even when I'm talking to people on the phone it's like how are you how are you what'd you do today what'd you do today and it's like (laughs) the same thing over and over again and that can be kind of depressing honestly so it's well
0: it's like why did why did Christina and I moved to New York. It was like for me it was the to have a new and exciting experience that I've never had before. You know, yeah. to be able to like have that on a daily basis and be in awe of the um you know, unique things in New York and now, you know, it it really takes a, a lot to be able to have something new yeah. in life. Mm-hmm. Totally. I did find a trampoline in our basement. Oh, my goodness. Weekend. <laughs> yeah, full-size. <both> <laughs> no. Like a 10-foot trampoline. Oh, good so Lord. Look for some trampoline workouts um, Kit might be doing um, only on yeah. a full-size trampoline. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to put it together just because whatever. I, I have to do something crazy. So, yeah. Otherwise, I'll be roller skating around in our living room and, like, probably hurting myself, so... <laughs> just have to have oh to gosh it. but um we kind of had a little bit of a similar upbringing um in a small town mm-hmm. and uh far from new york and you know i wonder how your upbringing influences you know how you how you uh
1: your self-image maybe
0: yeah i think your your self-image now yeah
2: so I guess full disclosure I grew up in western Pennsylvania which may not technically be considered the Midwest but I lived right on the state line and I could see Ohio from my house so not to sound like Sarah Palin but I would consider <laughs> it, I would consider it Midwestern. Um but I think growing up in a small town like that can really breed creativity because there's simply not much else to do or at least in my experience um And in my family, there's a really strong creative, artsy, musical gene on both sides of my family. And my mom really encouraged my siblings and I to really tap into that from a young age. So I think that helped build like confidence and mastery from a young age. And because I was definitely born with that flair and a really wild imagination, and I was allowed to really foster that, I think that really helped me grow up to be feel more confident and secure in myself and what I wanted to do and what my interests were and kind of having the quote-unquote permission to like pursue my dreams and um, really go for them eventually. So I think having that in my background really worked in my favor as much as I would have liked to have grown up somewhere more cosmopolitan or more exciting than my very small town
0: you know it's weird one thing i was just thinking about is that uh in in you know growing up where i did and and having that experience it was like uh, you know you've got nothing to lose situation Mm -hmm. so you might as well just go for it just get in your you know u-haul and drive to new york kind of thing Mm -hmm. and um i almost feel like right now I have that feeling again like okay we got nothing to lose so let's just go for like I haven't had that feeling in a really long time of being in a situation where uh, you know wasn't I wasn't feeling the pressure of a certain amount of success or competitiveness or whatever it is you know it's sort of I don't I'm sort of back to square one a little bit in just my head space now. I don't know if well, you feel like I that. Also, I
1: feel like business-wise too. Like the fashion industry is such it's kind of a wild wild west wi- right now just because, you know, there people are reconsidering the way that they relate to clothing in general and all of that. So, and obviously retail is on pause so you know there's so much change going on in your industry right now have you noticed a
0: change in
1: content
0: lately yeah, I you mean are- obviously there is a change but how would you describe that um I,
2: I think people are just really trying to be super careful which I think is a good thing um But it also, I think when you have less, you're forced to be more creative. So when you have more boundaries and more restrictions, I find that I become more creative because you're forced to, um, like, think outside the box. And so I find it, I found it to be somewhat helpful as well as, like, having the extra time where I would usually be in an office at another job. I can now, like just brainstorm and really tap into my imagination. Um, but I also think another thing that it's brought up is, so yesterday I was at Whole Foods and the guy, like, the bouncer <laughs> at the door <laughs> looked at me and was like, wow, you're really dressed up. You look like you're going to work. And I I really wasn't dressed up. Like, I had on crop sweatpants and a leather trench coat. So I guess, like, maybe, but I don't know. I don't even know what that means anymore. But it made me think, like, and I was having this conversation with a friend a few weeks ago, like how much I miss the joy of getting dressed and like how much I realize that is a part of my life and what brings me joy. But I think it's making me realize too, like why we do these things. Like nobody's stopping you from getting dressed right now. It's just that nobody else will see you. So who are you getting dressed for? And I'm starting to realize like, wow, no, I dress for myself. So um, that's just been like an interesting realization
0: um i mean it definitely changes the way you feel right like the other day i had these like crappy sweatpants on that were like pilly and ugh and i was just like why am i having such a shitty day today <laughs> no really i was like just stuff was like whoa <laughs> and i went upstairs and i took them off and i threw them in the garbage and i put on some really cute jeans and i swear to you like my whole mood changed it sounds so superficial and ridiculous but you it definitely can give you some sort of an emotional boost and i think color is very important and i don't know her uh, (laughs) color (laughs) (laughs) that's that's my best friend yeah (laughs) no i just think um (laughs) you know it's just that's just never gonna change yeah you know that it makes you it can change the way you feel yeah for better for worse and it doesn't require investing in new clothes or it's just be it's an awareness of you know this is what Mm -hmm. I feel best in and this is what I you know it, it's uplifting in some way and and optimistic and positive and whatever you can do to create those positive thoughts right now is I think it's really important
1: I agree yeah I totally agree and I think that what we were discussing before about you know how your upbringing affects your self-image I feel like recently it's I've had such a hard time with like sort of manifesting confidence because I think a lot of it comes actually from like going through a process of making myself feel confident. So that's, you know, superficially or however you want to call it, you know, it is like making my hair look good and the fact that my roots are four inches long right now is really hard <laughs> and wait can we just say i tried to
0: fix Kit's hair and i really oh, no. i
1: don't want to talk about yeah. it it's like she she's oh, so no. bad i did cry oh, but no. i went not into bad. It. It's in I I w- it in the back i went yeah it's only in the back <laughs> why
0: did i think i could bleach hair i don't know
1: i went into it knowing that obviously my mom is not a hairstylist, so I mm-hmm. was taking a risk. Um, but I just think that whether it be the influence of social media or the fact that I grew up in this environment, always having to look good, you know, I don't think you ever put that on me, but I do think that growing up in the fashion industry is has made me more conscious of my looks than probably most girls my like growing up that were my age um and you know growing up in New York I think there's also just hyper yeah, I, focus on I don't think looks. it's fa- I
0: kind of disagree with that. I don't think it's. I mean, maybe the fashion industry. Dude, it's yes, totally but the New fashion York industry. <laughs> is the thing?
1: <laughs> no, it's both. It's the combo of both. Um. So I feel like.
0: Well, I don't think I did.
1: Am I to blame for that? No. Oh, okay. I, you never. I mean, like you are all. <laughs> you have always been like such a positive when it comes to, especially like body image and all of that. I think my mom has been such a great role model for me. Um, Like, look, being able to look up to somebody that is so just, like, encouraging of dress however you want, look however you want. Like, you are beautiful no matter what, and especially somebody who has been so successful in an industry that doesn't do that at all. So, right. and you know, those values are definitely not, especially like not until recently, um, have they been part of the fashion world. Um, okay, so, I just
0: didn't want to get blamed for making you like giving, making you seem superficial. <laughs> no, not <Okay>. at
1: all. <laughs> um, but maybe we can talk about the chain and kind of how that started and what you think the issues in the fashion industry are and maybe like what has what has changed since the world has changed so much and like how mm-hmm. how fa- how the fashion industry is changing as well.
2: Yeah, so I guess like I could talk a little bit more about so Ruthie and I met like two or three years ago. Um, online actually because she had written an essay on InStyle about her recovery and that was her first sort of public acknowledgement that she had struggled and I have dealt with an eating disorder since I was 12 so we both have a long history with it and I reached out to her after she wrote that and kind of just we just started talking and formed this really supportive recovery oriented friendship and both of us had come out of treatment, which was a very supportive environment um, and stepped back into our full-time jobs in fashion and beauty where there are an unlimited amount of triggers and there wasn't anything that existed in a way that supported ourselves and our colleagues in such a specific way and that addressed, specific triggers we faced in an open and healthy way um so we when we are able to meet in person which we haven't been able to do in a while um we have monthly groups for our members and then we also do collaborations with um different brands um which was super cool and one of the highlights for sure um and we act as a resource for the industry and our colleagues and just try to have an open conversation about different issues and never are we the people who kind of call people out because I think we just want people to be aware and um, do the best they can. And we realize that it's a conversation that hasn't really been had in an open, constructive way in our industry and that people really don't know how to do better. So we're just interested in helping them
0: um, get there. Um. I mean, I think that's why we originally kind of first met because we need, you know, we need help. I I just want to make sure, you know, I want to be thoughtful about it. And um, I think it is hard. It's a Mm -hmm. constant battle to try to know what's right and, and know what to present and,
1: Especially because framing around like problematic framing is often what gets the most attention and likes and all of that. Right. So I guess what what can brands be doing or influencers be doing right now to be more conscious of people in recovery?
2: So I go back and forth about this all the time because I feel like on one hand, and there's no shortage of triggers and I don't think that it's anyone's responsibility to tailor their content that is true to them towards someone who's following them. um, Because I think that that is a choice and like Kit, like you like to work out and you post your workouts and that's you and that's not a problem. And so I think that, like, if somebody's triggered by that, then, like, that's kind of on them. Mm-hmm. But in terms of things that are, like, problematic, like, people right now who are posting things about gaining weight from quarantine and all of that, like, there are just things that aren't appropriate. And that's, I think, one that's at top of mind right now. Um, or I think, like, last week, there were all these things about Adele losing a bunch of weight and... um It's so interesting in a negative way to see how much attention and praise that got her when I think, like, one of the biggest issues I have with commenting on someone's weight is that you never know how or why they got there. Um, Whether that's an eating disorder or they're sick with something else or, you know, they have anxiety or who knows. But I just don't think that it's something that should warrant praise, Um, and I think that's probably the biggest one for me just across the board is weight comments, um, one way or the other.
1: And I feel like that should be pretty avoidable. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Right. I know. Agreed. Um, I thought we had as a society, at least on the internet, gotten past that. But when I saw that last week, I was like, Whoa, this is is still going on.
0: Okay. I I, I feel like there was – okay, maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. But I feel like for a month or six weeks, it was super positive. Like it was just all gentle and kind and everything seemed very positive. And now it seems like a little bit going back to our old – our old habits of like you know saying what you feel at any cost you know and i i, I yeah. don't know if that if i'm crazy or not
1: i think maybe what?
0: it's just yeah on social media mostly
1: yeah
2: i think it's just like people have become a, like accustomed to this new weird way of living and it's like not novel anymore um I don't know. But yeah, I feel that too.
0: Interesting. Do you have any um, optimistic uh, thoughts for the future? And, and, you know, what are the good things that can come out of this?
2: Hmm. Well,
0: I think that it's,
2: maybe bringing people back to their values a little bit, because it forces you to look at the things that you do have. And it's, I think made most of us connect in a way that maybe we hadn't been doing before. Like the amount of friends that I've FaceTimed with that I wouldn't have. And I don't even, I'm not even a huge FaceTime person, but I feel like that's really helped, especially as I live alone. Um, and I think a lot of people are just connecting more, and, you know, realizing that health is more important than anything, um, and that most things can wait. And I think those are all good things, and probably values that, you know, I was brought up with. You were brought up with Cynthia, living in a small town, um, just like a slower way of life. Um,
1: and I feel like I have learned a lot of. And cultivated a lot of strategies for maintaining my mental well-being like and just connecting with people I think that like for example one thing that I have started doing with a few of my friends is doing uh every two days we'll do an audio check-in so we will send one another um a recap of our day, and two reflections that we've had from the past two days, and it is so beneficial, especially, like, I recommend everyone start doing this with a friend or a family member, um, having such a solid check-in like that is Awesome during this time it's basically a virtual journal entry and you can be like having to reflect on the past two days is something that has you know forced me to be a little bit more reflective when this time can be so like time seems to almost not exist, you know? The days are just like mm-hmm. melding into one another and whatever. So having having to think to myself, what what, you know, important things have happened in the past 2 days that have made me, you know, change my outlook on the world in some way or something like that. So that is my, you know, solid thing that you can employ in your life right now that is has completely changed the way I'm I'm looking at things recently.
2: I so love that. Idea. You're 20 going on like 80. Okay, which <laughs> sure. which
1: brings us
0: to the question I wanted to ask because I've heard you describe yourself as an old soul and mm-hmm. I'm just curious what that means to you um
2: well I think the most like obvious thing to people is my taste in music because uh, people I listen to relentlessly are like Fleetwood Mac Bob Seger the Eagles and people are like who are you like that's my what my grandpa listens to (laughs) um so that's that's like the most obvious thing but I think like from the time I was little I've always been an introvert and although I've always had plenty of friends I'm actually pretty shy and not the most social person other than when I have to be, which ironically is part of my job. Um, And I've always preferred to stay in and like go to bed early. And I've always enjoyed talking to and hanging out with people older than me. Um, I can remember being more interested in like what my parents and their friends were doing and talking about (laughs) rather than being around my peers. This is
0: the
1: exact same as me.
0: And the exact opposite of me
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my
0: favorite
2: activity in college was to go to the downtown wine and jazz bar um so like my friends would like go to the hockey house and i'd be like oh i'm going to the wine and jazz bar with my fake id <laughs> Oh my God. um so i don't know i think that would qualify me as being an older soul but um i don't know I definitely recognize that in Kit as well because, from the time I've known her, I probably met you when you were like what fifteen?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: no, because everyone would say like we were twins because oh both yeah you guys nice. platinum platinum blonde hair yeah yeah and yeah um I no I definitely think that I am an old soul as well and I think that. Sometimes I wish I were less like that. I wish I were more extroverted, more, you know, the life of the party um, for people my age and probably the life of the party for, like, your friends or, like...
0: Not even. Not even. Not really, even. No. Not even like, maybe not my really. grandparents' friends. But I just
1: it's just not not me but I have you know I think it's important to cultivate those skills and that's why I love being raised in the environment I have loved like being raised in the environment that I have been and forcing myself outside of my comfort zone a little and I think Mm -hmm. that's really hard right now because we're not, I don't have access to that anymore, so I'm not really practicing those skills. But yeah, it, we're not
0: having face to face conversations. Yeah, wait, can I tell that how you said Kit said that if <laughs> Kit said that when she was talking to someone on the street, like six feet a- away. Uh-huh. And having a real conversation that it made her sort of nervous. Like when you're talking to a celebrity or something, like it was such an <laughs> like awkward experience yeah, because I'm we awful. haven't talked to people in real life in so long. Yeah. It's, I'm it's not a friend of people. Like so
2: agoraphobia. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're all coming out of this with agoraphobia and social anxiety, um, which is someone who already has social anxiety is going to be really
1: on to see, yeah <laughs> I'm definitely already like socially awkward so I'm gonna have to work on that when this is yeah. over but yeah I guess it's just it's just being in touch as much as much as possible and and well maybe going to a zoom birthday party or one or two of those <laughs> too all right so maybe we can do a little wrap up and you can tell everyone where they can find you and importantly where they can find resources um for the chain um
2: so you can find me on the gram at the poof the chain is at the chain and in terms of like resources if you're dealing with an eating disorder or other mental health issues um The chain has worked with Crisis Text Line a lot and they've been really great. So you can text... Home to 741-741 anytime that you need someone to talk to. You can also contact the helpline for the National Eating Disorders Association at 800-931-2237.
1: All right, so I'm so happy that you guys got to listen to our stories today. As always, you can follow us on social media and keep up with our work and our crazy adventures then you can follow us on Instagram at Cynthia Rowley and at Kit Keenan. Thanks for listening.